very different today. You've got no hair. Uh, your skin appears to be rotting. Uh, you're emitting intense radiation signs. I don't know what's going on with this right now. Uh, but compared to you, I feel positively smooth in the skin area. Hello, everyone. Welcome to uh, another edition of Podquisition. <coughs> this one, as a special treat, is set in Boston, Massachusetts, uh, 200 years after nuclear bombs fell on the ground. I don't know why. Uh, that seems very random. Hello, Laura. How are you? I am good. I'm very much enjoying your improv comedy that is not a reference to anything. And I'm very much looking forward to talking to Gavin because I'm sure that we'll just like say hello to him and then it'll be quiet for the episode. Because, you know, Gavin's got nothing to talk about this Well, nothing week. came out. Nothing came out. No. But I will just say, if if what I just did counts as improv comedy, then that the improv comedy scene is in a very, very bad it way. It is as close to improv comedy as this piece of shit show is ever going to yeah, get, I think. It's, yeah, it's the best we can manage. Gavin, how are you? I imagine it's been a boring week for you. Not a lot to come out. Nothing to really talk about. Well, here's the thing, Smootskin. The radiation's really getting to me this week. I've been puking a lot, my ears hurt, I can barely hear you guys, and as you can hear, my voice is going, so I'm not sure if I should do this podcast. Uh, I think I might be better off just uh, relaxing and definitely not playing the game I'm not allowed to mention. Oh, oh, is there a game that you're not allowed to mention, <laughs> Gavin? What, what well, I'm not allowed to say be? the name, so, so basically my phrase this week for everything has been, that's not playing, and I'm, I'm going to call us radioactive Mark Wahlberg simulator because I'm not allowed to say what the game is. So that's been my thing this week. My girlfriend would go, do you want to go for lunch? I'm like, but that's not playing Mark Wahlberg radioactive wasteland simulator. And it's like, tonight I am actually going to the cinema to see a movie which I did the soundtrack for, an Irish movie. And part of me is like, that's not playing that game. <laughs> it's, it's like, yeah, I could, you know, see a thing that I created work for that people are going to see on a huge screen. Or I could play this video game that I'm not allowed to talk about that's going to be here when I get back. Oh, well, yeah, the super, <laughs> mu- super mutants aren't going to shoot themselves. That's the problem. The funny thing is, is I, I was, I'm too tired and bored to have ever kept up that you can't say Fallout 4 thing. So I'm actually impressed you've kept with it. Yeah, I was going to let you talk about it as much as you want. It was one of those like vague, vaguely, thinly veiled empty threats that, you know, you throw around sometimes just like, oh, you can't talk about it, can't talk about it. Of course you can. You're Gavin. <laughs> we, if we don't let you talk about Fallout 4 this week, what is the point? We are I think literally the, I think worse the, than I Harold think the Schiff. audience would riot. I'm pretty sure they would. If I didn't talk about yeah. Uh, speak, by, by the way, before we do that, speaking of the audience, um, thanks to the Facebook groups for those lovely treads this week. Mm. Um, I'm not a member of the group, but Laura passed on all the stuff for me and it was really lovely. So yeah, thank there was you. a really nice Gavin appreciation thread that went on. There was also a really nice Laura appreciation thread. So when Gavin's happened, because he's not in that group, I passed them all on to Gavin. He had a very nice day of getting to see all these lovely messages. So yeah, uh, it was lovely. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, thank you for sharing the love this week. Me and Gavin have felt very loved. By the community, I think that's very important. Sweet. That's, I, 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 I like seeing them because it reinforces the idea that I made the best call for this show. Like, I love how well the show's come along and how well uh, all three of us have kind of gelled together. You see, I'm turning this into a, a conversation about how good I am yeah. at planning <laughs> podcasts. This is his hint. He's like, "Where's my gym appreciation thread?" Yeah, I don't. I, I. I 
I get enough appreciation in the form of, of nude drawings of me. Oh goodness! So this, I'm this week's fine. this week's big forum thread about you has been the um, who's first in line to fuck Jim? Now we know he's polyamorous. Thread. <laughs> Because, you know, <laughs> you mentioned once in a video polyamory and now there's like, was Jim being serious? Because if so, um, let's form an orderly queue. Well, let's face it. I mean, a, a lot of people have, have reacted to that video. Quite a few people have, have come out to call me a degenerate for it. And I'm like, like even like longtime fans, I was like, I used to respect you, but this degeneracy is too much for well, me. I was like, like Jim, Jim is a degenerate, but like not because of his polyamory. <laughs> There, there are far yeah, bigger like, reasons for you to be a degenerate. Yeah, wh- I mean, why, these, why these people are comfortable watching you waving purple dildos around. And, you know. Yeah, <laughs> when I was on the floor half naked, like, thrusting my dick into a pile of pogs, <laughs> was that not enough of a clue for you? Well, it's one of those um, things, like, I've seen a lot of people talking about that video, and um, I talked about this in my review as well. Um, you can have multiple uh, romantic companions in Fallout 4, and none of them mind, and... Yeah. Like, the way I talked about it was just like, you know what? Polyamory's not for me. I am very much a person personally who's into monogamy. But you know what? If all the people involved are consenting, then what is the problem with polyamory? It's a beautiful thing. I wish more video games had it, because in video games, polyamory is great. I wish that I could have banged both Liara and Garrus in Mass Effect. You know, polyamory is great. Don't be hating. Well, I think that's part of, because a lot of people have said, like, this is just laziness on Bethesda's part. But even if it is, even if it's just they didn't code it mm. to, you know, 40, other developers have gone out of their way to restrict yes. you. Most so for that, them to yeah. consider this not important is mm. important to me. It yes. means a lot to me personally. It means a lot that they didn't go actively out of their way to gate you from doing that. Yeah. And considering they already had algorithms in place in Skyrim to force you into a single relationship... Mm. Clearly, it would have been as easy as, you know, one or two bits of code left in to keep it that way. So the fact they didn't keep it that way is... I like it. I like that this is the Fallout 4 episode, and so far we've talked more about our time with the game than Gavin has. I was actually (laughs) going to quickly segue, because this is... Because you and I, you know, I've written 3,000 fucking words in just the review. Done a video, done two videos... Um, we've covered it plenty. Yeah, I've, I've put my, I've put my twenty eight hundred words in. You can see them on the internet. Gavin yeah, hasn't what, talked about what, it much yet. Hang on, though. one sec. What? Just just so people know, where can they see that review? Uh, go to laurakbuzz.wordpress.com. I threw it up there because I didn't have go. anywhere else to throw it. <laughs> it. It's good stuff, and of course, you know my stuff's on thejunkquisition.com. But the man who has been more excited for Fallout Four than either of us, um, who has been talking about it. Like, in the run-up, non-stop. And who was very upset when he knew that we had it um, <laughs> before him. And I, I felt legit bad. And I, when I saw him post his first screenshot of it, I was actually legit <laughs> thrilled for him. Um, Gavin, what do you think of Fallout 4? It's all right. I, my, my big question for you right now, how many hours have you put in so far since it launched? Because it's been out for a total of, a, I think, about 40 hours. Yeah, I've put in about 16 hours so far. Okay. Not bad at all. That's, bad that's pretty, it's, it's pretty It's less bad. than I wanted to put in, you know? <laughs> I was expecting closer to 32. I was like, well, you've got to have eight hours no. sleep in one of those periods. No, <laughs> it's, you know, we are, 
We all have lives we have to live as well as our games. I, I was pretty I, certain I, your life was being put on hold. Like, you were just going to live comatose. That was the plan. Computer. That was the plan. You know, <laughs> but shit doesn't that's always like, work out uh, that No way. leaving for food, no leaving for the bathroom, just yeah. fall out everywhere. Gavin, I've got a question for you. Yeah. It's a very specific question. Um, yeah. It hinges, you might not be able to answer it yet. Have mm-hmm. you bumped into a character called Kate yet? No, I haven't. Okay. I am as soon very... as you bump into... As okay. soon as you bump into someone with an Irish accent, oh, okay. I I need you to tell me if it's a bad fake Irish accent because I think it is, okay. and I don't want to say it is if it's usually, genuine. And then usually I'll look in like video a games dick. they're awful. So, like I think it's really badly put on, but I don't want to be. I don't want to say it and be racist against the Irish. Now so, I did hear one Irish accent in the um, Museum of Freedom. It was on one of the, on the raid, you know, when you, there's a little room full of uh, basically mannequins reenacting yeah. history. Mm-hmm. And there's one Irish accent saying something like about the Brits and their tea. And it's like, oh, that's, that's a dodgy Irish accent. So I'm, I'm guessing the Irish accents are going to be pretty bad. Okay. I'll, mm. I'll be interested to hear your thoughts, mostly because then I can be more bold about mine. <laughs> yeah. They have a lot to live up to because The Witcher 3 had some seriously legit Irish accents in yeah. Skellige. Mm. Oh, yeah. I mean, the the regional accents all over for that game were incredible. I mean, I say regional, obviously, that none of the regions in The Witcher <laughs> 3 exist. Mm. But in terms of accents you don't normally hear in video games, they had a, an amazing... Um, coverage of the british isles and Ireland. yeah yeah um my my sort of big just main thought right now is like you went into this completely blind like you stayed away from all of the uh, all the reviews that were going up how, yeah. how are you feeling about it so far like 16 hours in what is your overall feeling so i'm obviously on honeymoon period now um and with every Bethesda game, I'm in the kind of this is my favorite game ever phase, <laughs> you know. So we'll see if that lasts. Um, I haven't really done that much, to be honest. Like, I'm 16 hours in, but like six hours of that has been spent with the, the town building. Like, that is that, was, that stuff is crack. Yeah, my, my wife's been the same way. Like, I've, I left her with the game for several hours while I did some other work, came back, and I'm like... You're only now at the Museum of Freedom. <laughs> yeah. You're only now, like, what have you been doing? <laughs> yeah, I'm 16 hours in and I have not gone anywhere near, like, the Diamond City or anywhere near Big Boston. I'm still kind of out yeah. in the countryside on the outskirts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, the like, whole settlement thing is a game unto itself. Like, yeah. once you learn some of the extra bits, like, I didn't know, like, until um, Conrad told me, Conrad Zimmerman um, told me. Uh, the money gets left in your workshop by crops being sold, like economies build up around it. Yeah. Um, th- there's things in there that even after hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of playing, you just don't know is there. Like it's impossible to know everything around it. And the settlement stuff is and its this, own game, th- really. Th- this one is so unbelievably deep and, and like dense with stuff. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Many like- would disagree. Um, I mean... I've been covering some of the negative. I've got to stop playing with my mic while I'm talking. Um, oh, I meant the game itself, as opposed to the. Uh, I meant the map, actually. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, this, this goddamn is the phrase dumbed down been said a lot by, by criticism with the game. I disagree. I, if people think it is, that's fair I enough. Feel, I, down, feel, I disagree. I think they've refined. I feel some mechanics have been uh, simplified in ways that I don't think are beneficial to the formula. 
Mm-hmm. I don't like saying dumbed down, but I think that I, think... I don't personally feel that they are improvements on the formula right. that some of the simplifications make. It's a mileage thing. It's a mileage thing. And I think, you know, where some people see something as dumbed down or oversimplified, others will see as streamlined, you know. Mm. Um, it, there's always a personal threshold. For me, I feel like everything was streamlined in a good way. I, I can think see it's why people so would... much better than Fallout 3 in that. Yeah. Um, just the loop, the gameplay loop is so much more yeah. fun. My, well, I found leveling up way more exciting mm, this yeah. time around. Yeah. I like that you can add to your, your special by leveling up. I think that's a nice, without having to take that, a perk yeah. for it. It's been controversial for uh, that whole thing, but I, I like it. I like that you can craft well, the fact the that there's no level cap, I mean, this really is a you, huge You can benefit. essentially infinitely pump levels into just, like, yeah. pumping up your stats. And while it might essentially, in some cases, just be raw numbers you're pumping up, it does mm. feel good to know that, like, nothing is ever, like... You, you, you are never stopped from adding into a stat. Yeah. yeah. You know like, what it, I'm... it takes a lot of the pressure off, which mm. I... The... I don't like the feeling that I'm going down the wrong direction without Yeah, you can always go and get more levels if there's something you forgot to spec up properly. Because going down the wrong direction on the map is very possible. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) I I ran into a rad scorpion at, like, level four. That did not go well. (laughs) Yeah, I was getting my, like... Because I spent a lot of time outside the power armor just because, obviously, it's powered by fusion cores. Oh, yeah, I'm never in the uh, the power armor. I haven't even used it apart from that one mission. Yeah. Eventually, you will. Eventually, you'll be like, like you'll come across some mission, and you'll be like, "Fuck this!" Well, that's what I'm doing. I'm saving. I'm saving it. Yeah, yeah. I've, I'm um, after finding quite a bit of it. Actually, I found like an entire raider set, and I found like loads of fusion cores. Yeah. And people are saying they're very rare. And apparently, I must, I must just be really doing the whole completing every area very thoroughly thing. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're rare enough to... Basically, I feel they're not super rare. They're yeah. rare enough to balance the game. They're rare so enough yeah. that you're you not always yeah. wearing power. Well, that's it. Yeah. They're, they're rare enough that you're not constantly using the armor, but the way that I was playing through my, my issue was that... Um, there were times when I would have liked to have used the power armor for a certain like engagement with an enemy, and I had to have my moment of... Okay, I'm going to have to backtrack to wherever I left it. Go grab it. Use up some of the fuel getting it back here in order to do this bit. Or I could just try it a few times without the power armor. And there Mm. were a lot of times where I just went on the side of, I'm not going to bother backtracking. I'll do it without the armor. And then I would reach a point where it's like, oh, okay, yeah, this I actually do need it for. And that would be (laughs) the next time I would use the power armor is, yeah, I'm not getting past this without the power armor. Fuck that. Yeah, see, I always leave my, my power armor at my settlement and I bring it out for special occasions, mm. and I painted it blue and yellow, and it looks beautiful, and I'm in love with it, and it's lovely. And you can get multiple, you can get multiple power armor frames as well. Um, so all those raider bits, like you can have a really cool Brotherhood of Steel looking bit of power armor, and then if you want to get nasty, you can get a, you can build a full raider yeah. set of power armor. Um, I actually found a legendary item for it um, <gasps> recently. Like a legendary armor piece. Uh, so again, I'm I'm being vague because I don't want to give too many spoilers and things. Yeah, um, we we you know, we'll save those for t- probably next week when we're maybe doing a spoiler cast. Yeah, mm. we're looking into possibly doing a spoiler cast. So, um, but yeah, I've been mm. finding. I, I I really that's the thing I'm working on more than anything. I'm gonna have to put some. I've got no points in the science perk, but I'm gonna have to just because the idea of of. Uh, making a really nice bit of power armor. Like, I was already interested in power armor, 
the second I found out I could paint it, like all bets <laughs> are fucking off. Like you give me options to dick around with the color of something, and then I'm like, right, I am now I I now belong to you. <laughs> You've given me the option to put pretty colors on things. I've got a Vault Tech looking power armor set. I'm happy. What other fun colors can I make it? Um, and and you know, it's one of those things where it's like if they sold like just ninety nine cents for a whole bunch of fucking new colors, I'd I'd be tempted. It would be horrible, and that would basically be microtransactions. But 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 I, oh god, I want a bright pink power armor. Mm. Gavin, there'll be bad. mods, Jim. There'll be mods. There will be mods. Yeah, there will be. Um, Gavin, my sort of question mm. for you: How I don't? I'm trying to picture how far along you are, roughly, from what you've said. How are you? Have you met many of the companions yet? And if so, do you have any sort of any that you're either liking or disliking at the moment? I've I've met two of them, and it's the first two that you meet in the story. Okay. Obviously, everyone knows about dog meat. Yeah. And uh, then the other companion kind of showed up in a couple of trailers and stuff. So I don't think anyone will really be surprised by that. Um, they, I have mixed feelings on them. Really mixed feelings. Like dog meat. There was a moment where I went into um, a factory full of raiders mm. and uh, dog meat was in my way on this platform with me getting shot at from all sides. And I just pictured someone needs to make a video of this moment and have move, bitch, get out the way. Come up as the screen shakes violently around. Yeah, Do- Dog meat, I expected to have with me a lot more of the game than I ended up doing so. Like once I had more, like some companions to select from, I very rarely took dog meat. Um, he, I think but, dog meat's very, very good in open areas towards the beginning of the game with very small enemy engagements like um, yeah, he's shit at fighting he's he, really he's, bad he's terrible at fighting unless it's something like um but he always picks fights as well when you're trying to sneak goodness yeah he's he's you need to actually um there are charisma perks <laughs> designed yes. around dog meat and really they're the only way to make him super yeah, useful he's... but i never used him because he didn't look like bartleby yeah. so the <laughs> second i got someone else i switched him right out he's... and i've not switched him back he's no I, I did too, in but the problem is dog, d- dog meat doesn't fucking judge you Whereas this new companion I have, every time I nick shit, is like, he hates that. This, I'm like, come on, yeah. I nicked this off like a fucking robot who's been there for 200 years yeah. and doesn't care this, about it. I do See, like... I actually, I like the... Because um, some people have, are upset the karma system's gone, but this is so much more new. Oh, no, it's so karma. much better. You know, fucking actual karma characters system that was judge terrible. you... Yeah, actual characters that judge you according to their sensibilities. And you can find a companion who doesn't mind the stealing, yeah. who actually yeah. likes it if, when you do rogue If you things. want a character that likes it when you eat people, you can find one. <laughs> I needed one because I ate so many people. <laughs> the character that I'm with at the moment has said a couple of things just while we're wandering around that has made me think that I know what their story's going to turn out to be. And it's really hard to say without spoiling, but yeah. Yeah, some of the... They've, they've dropped a couple of real kind of things that sound like foreshadowing. Yeah, um, a lot of those will be foreshadowing. A lot of the uh, the sort of quest lines for companions you will see coming yeah. up at a bit of a distance. It doesn't take away from the impact of them, but you will see them coming somewhat. Um, what kind of character have you built, Gav? Um, I'm still kind of deciding what kind of character I have at the moment. He's... He's kind of a jack-of-all-trades. I haven't really focused on anything because I'm still trying out different weapons and guns mm-hmm. and seeing what works and what doesn't. Like, the best weapon I've found so far is still my starting 10 millimeter pistol. 10 millimeters in that game, they are like the hunting rifles from Fallout 3. Yeah. Like, good, 
decent amount of ammo. Uh, yeah. When you get modded ones, like I've got a, um, I've got a, uh, a ten millimeter that does bleeding damage. Nice. Because they've added like some borderlandsy type Diablo yeah, yeah. type looting things. So I've got a ten millimeter automatically, no matter what on top of the damage it already does, will always do twenty five points of damage every time you hit. Nice. Um so you just shoot a dude, s- walk around the corner and just watch their health meter just drain. <laughs> yeah. And it's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. They they're they're not the like the best for any specific situation, but they are the most versatile weapon. They are the one that fits it's pretty actually, much every um, situation you'll go into. It's kind of the only thing I've invested heavily into so far is kind of the modding and crafting side of things. Mm-hmm. Like so that I can make better weapons it, yeah. and better houses and things. Yeah. I, I regret mean, not I, doing it I got sooner, into the actually. Sims art and I was just like, that's it. That's my yeah. life is over. Like the, the other weapon I've been really enjoying, and this is just because I've always found this really fun in the Fallout games, is the Power Fest. Just run in and oh, yeah. smack stuff really hard. It's not <laughs> it's not viable for most situations, but I really like, oh, that's a really big thing. I'm going to run up and punch it incredibly hard. And when you punch something and its head explodes, that's pretty satisfying. Yeah, that's pretty satisfying. Nice. <laughs> I didn't really go melee with mine. I went hard on charisma and luck. Yeah. And then decided... Charisma after, is so important. Yeah. I can't get over. It's not the dump stat anymore. Yeah, a lot of people have said the opposite. Oh, charisma is useless now. I'm like, no. Charisma is like... It's like the only way really to... stuff you can do p- Particularly yeah. early on, charisma is a really good thing to pump into when you're first specking out. Yeah. There are some very, like, there are some very good useful. early opportunities to use Especially that charisma. Especially with the speech speech checks and stuff. Yeah. It's like the only way to resolve some quests peacefully is is with uh, high charisma. Yeah, which in some ways reminds me of the whole thing that like some of the early Mass Effects were doing, where it's like, you have to be over X amount to have these options show up, otherwise you can't yeah. get the, like, the, and then the good like, resolution to this conversation. I do like that, though. It makes you choose, because, like... Um, so I, this just could be me starting out, but so far it feels a lot more difficult than Fallout 3. Especially in the first few hours when you wander into higher level areas, you mm. can get killed like really quick. Like I got, <laughs> I was wearing, I don't know how many points of armor, but it was a lot. And I got one hit killed at full health by a bottle cap yeah. mine. I was like, Well, yeah, I mean, there's shit, no that's... level scaling or any of that. It's so yeah. it's like, if you go in the wrong area, you'll soon know you're in the wrong area. Yeah. Yeah. You know, once I Rad think... Scorpions and Deathclaws burst oh, out of the fucking ground. Fucking Rad Scorpions, man. As if I, I didn't hate them enough already. Now they look scarier and they burst out of the ground and they're way more yeah. powerful. It's like, yeah, they're no. tougher than they ever were. I, like, do, I do not Scorpion, want to see the giant ones. Yeah. yeah. Oh. A Rad Scorpion used to just be a, you know, oh, well, this is going to be a thing. Here it's like yeah. a nope. Yeah. I'm, I'm not interested. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess at this level now, Rad Scorpions aren't much of a problem. It's my alerts I can't stand. Not because they're especially dangerous. The creepy legs. God, they really, they, they look ugly. Yeah. And the the damage soak they have mm. now is, it's not to be sniffed at. Like, it's harder to get the the, the juicy underbelly of a Maya Lurk like it used to be. Like, they're really, like, the way they attack. And that's another thing I love about this game is how they attack animations for, like, enemies are so much more distinct. Yeah. Like, when a Maya Lurk attacks, like, like sh- turtles up and charges at you as a ball. Oh, or man, the, when the feral ghouls. The feral ghouls mm. are incredible. They were always kind of um, 
kind of funny I found in the last couple of games, but now they're legit fucking yeah. scary. Well, they were the easiest enemy to kill because you'd hear them go, and they'd stand there for ages, like just saying, That's me. Like just, just giving you weak me, little son. hits. Yeah. Yes. But this, like crawling out the walls and holes yeah. in the ceiling, and falling and out through the ceiling. Out. Yeah, that was. I was in one area and they started pouring out through a hole in the ceiling. I was like, Jesus fucking yeah. Christ. And I just love the way they, they fling and fall. Like it reminds mm. me of the zombies from World War Z dead. from the movie. And and the fact that their hits don't really deal damage. Mm. They deal radiation damage, like mm. which is a much there's more a, important stat, like a more important damage type now. There's been a couple of jump scares as well that really got me. There was one involving yeah, a rad scorpion. Mm, I don't know if either of you found that one, yeah. but oh my fucking God, did that make me jump. <laughs> yeah, when that game wants to go down the horror route, like, they're, yeah. I mean, they were pretty good at that with Fallout 3 as well, you know, various things like the Dunwich building and, and all of that stuff. Mm. But yeah, like, they really, like, some of the enemies are just so fucking creepy. Yeah. Now. Well, now, see, the big thing for me, like, having put, like, a good chunk of hours into the game now, for all of the like the complaints I had in the review and all of the things where I was like, these are all detracting points, I still get really excited. As soon as we're talking about it, I'm like, forget all of my criticisms. This is amazing. I love this. I think and- the thing with Bethesda games, they're so vast and expansive and there's so much in them that the fl- it's easier to overlook the flaws than it is in most games. Like I, I even have found flaws in the game that yeah. I like. I found that some of the house building is very fiddly and stuff, and it uh, inventory could have been management much better. Is still a nightmare. Yeah, the carry uh, weight is way too low. Yeah, it's well, way too. My, they do low. Need to bump my problems just in terms yeah. of working out, like because I like this whole new system of everything you collect, you can sort of break down into components to make for other stuff. Yeah. But the problem is, is like organization within the pit boy of working out like okay, what things can I break down into what things, so how much of that do yeah. I have to make this with? Even and if even if they had a mechanic that, like, you could say to your... Give your follower all your junk and say, bring that back to the the workshop, and then you, the trade-off is you don't have them then for, like, maybe a, a half hour while they're off doing yeah, that, like the, you know? Yeah, Torchlight did something like that. You know, yeah. that that's... You, know, they, you, you could send your dog, you know, your pet, back to town mm. to sell all of your junk... Mm. Um, I'd be up for that. I'd also be up for like just just give me two different capacities. Give yeah. me a capacity for weapons, am- ammo, um, you know, yeah. uh, miscellaneous stuff, and give me a separate even, junk capacity. Even at this early stage, I am finding it's like every every half hour, Mike, I'm over capacity, and I have to drop shit and go back. I have to go back to my town and drop it all in, and it just it's a little bit yeah. tedious. Like I've got most of the companions unlocked, and almost all of them are carrying. They're all packed. Their weight. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, like I've I've lost track of who has what. Yeah. yeah. My my big thing was like, as much as that is a complaint, I like that there is now a reason to pick up a lot of this junk because oh, you absolutely. can actually, like, yeah. more than previous games, you can actually like that. find active uses for these things. Yeah. It's it's a hoarder's it's a hoarder's wet dream, like. <laughs> Oh goodness! I spent so much time just in the like the opening hometown, just being like, "I must search every house and pick up every resource because everything will be useful." Yeah, this is the only game that's ever made me go, "Oh my god, a dirty ashtray!" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a telephone. <laughs> yes. Oh goodness! The ceramic. I, one of the first parts Give me I got was um was the one that lets you get screws from guns because 
that actually gives a use to all those awful fucking pipe pistols you find. Yeah. Mm. Um, what- Your screws are so fucking uh, precious. Yeah. Mm. Like I was saying in my video, like the Brotherhood of Steel no longer impresses me as a name because of how easy it is to get steel. <laughs> yeah. So if you called yourself the Brotherhood of Ceramic or the Brotherhood of Screws, then yeah. I'm like, holy shit, you guys are the dog's bollocks. Or the Brotherhood of Nuclear Material. Yeah. yeah. Or the Brotherhood a- of Circuits. <laughs> um, one thing that like a lot of people were talking about before this game game came out that I'm really glad like the rumblings just to, at least to me did feel like they were completely way off is all the people that were talking about oh no you can get across this map in like 11 minutes it's so short and it's so small I'm like no this like it maybe you can do that I haven't tried sprinting side to side of the map but this map feels huge and dense and like Every time mm. you turn a corner, it's like, oh, didn't expect that there. What the fuck have I walked into? I'm so sick of a game's value being judged on yeah. how big it is. Because Ubisoft games are massive and they're boring most of the time. I, I was a little disappointed when I first looked at the size of the map. I opened the pit boy and mm. saw how far I had walked from one place to another. And then I was expecting a much bigger map when I zoomed out. But it's so much more dense mm. than Fallout 3. Like yeah, you can't that's go, more important to You me. can't go five feet without finding something. This is not like a Grand Theft Auto V or something where there is yeah. like a, a very large map with huge amounts of space that you only use for travelling between places. This yeah. is like every 30 seconds there is something on this map. And I find that way more important and exciting. Mm. Than- Journeys across the map feel so much longer when they're eventful. Because yeah. I, I can remember in Fallout 3, the journey from Megaton to Rivet City felt like this epic, long adventure. And I remember doing it the second time and skipping past all the kind of other stuff. And it took like five minutes to walk to Rivet City. I was like, wow, it's actually not that big well, a distance at all. That's it's just the, whole point, the amount that, of stuff you like, do in between makes it feel like an epic journey. It's like maybe you can sprint across the map in 11 minutes or whatever it was that people were claiming. Yeah. But you, no one in their right mind would because there is so much to see along the way. It's, it's odd that so much of the map is taken up by water, and I'm hoping there's actually a reason for that later, which you don't need to spoil for me if there is, but I'm really hoping there's a reason that I'm most of it's taken nothing. up by water. Yeah. Like, I just, I think it's a very shallow criticism to have that, yeah. oh, the map isn't big. It's like, and so many games sell themselves on that now. You always see headlines in gaming blogs, you know, oh, the map for Just Cause is this many kilometres. Well, we had one like today, which was Xenoblade Chronicles X's map is the biggest map in video game history that's yeah. X number of hundred square miles large. And it's like, I don't give a fuck. I don't mm. care how many square miles your no- game is. nothing's ever going to be bigger than Daggerfall anyway, so... <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's for me it's like I don't care I don't care how many square miles your game is I care what's in it is is yeah. this a world I'm going to be invested in is yeah. is that square mile you know is every square mile going to have something cool in is it is it going to be a, um, a map that feels both lived in and like I can live in it yes yes will I remember this place because as big as fucking Ubisoft's games have been. I don't fucking remember a goddamn thing about them anymore. I don't. Mm. I don't remember. There's no memorable land. And I Actually, love Watchdogs. You know, um, There's no memorable landmark in Watchdogs. I don't remember anything that happened. You know, I, I don't found, remember any I found London unique settlements in, in, in. Sorry, Gavin. I will let you get to it. I'm in the middle of one of my big rants. <laughs> um, I never find anything fucking memorable in Far Cry Four. Like, there's no location where I'm thinking, "Wow, that really spoke to me." There's no megaton. There's no diamond 
city. There's no fucking mages guild. There's no there's no fucking statue of of liberty thing that is in Grand Theft Auto Four. There's stuff that you know, and then that's the thing of it, which is the stuff. I I lost my my track halfway through. <laughs> Gavin. You had thoughts. Yeah, sorry. sorry yeah, no, I know. I was just going to say. I thought. I, I thought London and Syndicate had some pretty memorable places and things. That's because it was London. Though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a. But the, you know, yeah. there was stuff to do in them as well. Sometimes. I, I. I don't know. Like I find the Assassin's Creed games, their maps only, only get like memorable via osmosis. Yeah, they like they they, they take recognizable. Mm locales but when i'm on the ground surrounded by the same npcs saying dialogue to each other that makes like where they can dialogue and then not having the same conversation and all this stuff it's like this is still this is still like oblivion like, hard to tell because like oblivion's npc dialogue is better than the stuff in Assassin's Creed. If you actually truly <laughs> listen, if you actually truly listen to the gibberish coming out of the mouths of people in an Assassin's Creed game, uh, at least there's an illusion of of some. It's weird, but some weird cohesion in in uh, Oblivion's dialogue. This it's like literally two different conversations I'm hearing people. Yeah. I just always together. remember in Assassin's Creed Brotherhood when you'd be running around and the women go, "Such a lovely tight pants." <laughs> Because the whole thing that Assassin's Creed does is it's one of those, it is very good at capturing the tone of a place, but it's the tone of a place that you're either going to see or that you have seen already, yeah. and that's where the impression, the uh, impressiveness of it is. I don't think the Assassin's Creed team could create a unique location that wasn't trying to tonally be a real place and mm. have that same effect. So yeah, anyway. well, there's no, anyway. there's no memorable area in an Assassin's Creed game outside of impressive, recognisable architecture. Yeah. Uh, it's not like, you know, like say Ravenholm in Half-Life 2, a place where you just say the name and the memories come flooding in. Mm. Um, you know, they, they don't have that. You know, I could say things like Little Lamplight if I'm mm. talking about Fallout 3, for example. Yeah, everyone Rivet fucking City. hates Little Lamplight. Yeah. <laughs> Like everyone hates it, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I could say Rivet City, and people already have the layout in their mind because it was so fucking memorable. Um, you know, I could talk about the main imperial city in Oblivion, and people know, you know, the architecture of the people in there, the just the, the atmosphere of it comes flooding back. And most games, most open-world games don't have that um, because they're too busy focused on square miles and putting as many collectathons as they can to justify that many square miles. Uh, they don't think about, what's the character of this play? This is the Jimquisition that's going to have to happen. Um, so I'm basically just giving away all the ideas here. But, yeah, like, like to stop. please stop thinking about how big your world is and start thinking about how much of a world your world is, you know? Yeah, that is some good words. Yeah. I, I, I'll say another couple of things that I like about Fallout 4, if that's okay. Go ahead. Oh, please, please. We, we expected this going into this week. I had I had a yeah. very lengthy news thing that like news list I put together, and then I was like, I'm underestimating how long we're going to devote to Fallout 4, aren't I? Well, cons considering yeah. like 90% of our audience is probably playing it, like, I mean, it's it if, didn't it break the, re the record for... Um, <laughs> Concurrent players on Steam by a non-valve yeah, game. smashed Grand Theft Auto yeah. 5's uh, mm. record. And mm. even if people aren't playing it, 
judging by the comments that my uh, current posts on thegymquisition.com have gotten, everyone has opinions. Everyone's got things to say about it. So mm. I really don't think we're going to worry. I, I've about. even like warned friends. Like Gray is like every time I get a new gray, game, uh, Gray starts like saying to me on Steam, sending me messages going, "That game is shit." <laughs> The game you like is shit. Like to wind me up, and I said, I said, I said to him this week, shit. do not do that with Fallout. That I don't want to know your opinions because I don't want to be thinking of your opinions while I'm playing it and going, oh yeah, that's true. I want my honeymoon phase. I want to look over all the flaws and just enjoy it. We did let you have that because usually that's mm. our job here is to just be like, oh, Gavin, you got shit toast. <laughs> yeah, because that's what we do. Because we love you, and we tell you we love you by you know making us know how much we hate you. Yeah. <laughs> no, I haven't read any reviews. And now I'm kind of, of glad I didn't get it early. Like all the game journalists who had to get it early and like fly through it and then write about it. I can really like just take my time and just, yeah, I'm playing this. I anyway. Didn't, I actually didn't feel like I had to fly through. Like yeah. I, 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 I was happy to spend like the ridiculous amount of hours I spent. Like yeah. I had like over nine <coughs> days to play. And Did you play it on PC, Jim? Um, no, to start, because my PC code came in later. Mm. So I started on PS4 and I'm like, the next time I start... Have you tried the PC version? I'm... Not yet. I I watched the comparison, it's it's remarkably better looking. I'm going to have to try it, but I had to go straight Mm. into Rise of the Tomb Raider Mm. uh, after Fallout. This this is exactly... Because I've got to get that reviewed. This is my exact problem, because I had both my Rise of the Tomb Raider and Fallout 4 reviews going up on the same day, which meant... I had six days to review both of those games, and that was tight on time while still doing other work. Mm. Um, Possible. Possible, but not enviable. I managed it, but I lost a lot of sleep over it. Um, But yeah, yeah, like, I played on PS4 because, again, that's what came in first, but, like, I'm, like, today I sat down with the Steam link and I got on the sofa and I was like, okay, let's start playing on PC and let's start over and go through combing a bit more slowly. Because I still put 50 plus hours in, but that yeah. still felt like I was going through faster than I wanted to. Yeah, only 50 hours is enough to review any game, yeah. I think. I don't care what people say, oh, you've got well, to like, do every little I, bit, I, you've got to see the end credits, yeah. all well, this stuff. Well, I, like, I finished the main quest and I put mm-hmm. a lot of time into side quests and exploring that world. I wanted to put more time in, but that was not going to be doable in six yeah. days with Rise of the Tomb Raider. <laughs> yeah, I, I started playing... They got me a code for Rise of the Tomb Raider on Monday. Um, very, very helpful and, of and, them. And very useful. Actually, to be honest, I am grateful for that. Um, because I, while you were doing, you know, double doing um, Fallout 4 and uh, Tomb Raider, I was trying to dual-wheel Fallout 4 and Call of Duty, Black Ops oh, 3. Yeah, I just, and, I, I just completely skipped Call of Duty. I'll get round yeah, to it in January, yeah. probably. <laughs> But if I was trying to do all three at once, I think I'd have had a meltdown. Yeah, so two I'm, I'm is glad about came... the most that's doable, I think, in terms of AAA re- reviews in one week. Yeah, so so full, uh, Tomb Raider came at just the right time because my review went up and I was dealing with my site crashing so bad because it couldn't handle the traffic. Oh god, yeah, like um, I'd already spoken to you so I didn't need to see the review, but I was like, I want to know the specifics of what Jim said, I can't see it. I wrote. Can't I was like, I wrote three thousand words, and no one can read them. <laughs> if, if it's any um, consolation, IGN and I think Games uh, Gamespot both crashed as well. You weren't the yeah, only like person to have a nightmare everyone. time. Um, so, I mean, I'm kind of. It's a good problem to have, and I'm obviously honoured that I'm among the sites that will be crashed. <laughs> like, I'm not saying I've got like brilliant servers or anything, but clearly more people than I estimate read 
my big reviews. Yeah. So that's it's it's a humbling problem to have. Um, obviously, looking into um, you know various ways of fixing that, not just upgrading servers, but other services to help. Mm. So hopefully won't be a problem next time. But anyway, um, the point is, is Tomb Raider came at just the right time because I was dealing with that. The Fallout 4 Jimquisition went up, and of course we just talked about how that anchored some people um, <laughs> yeah. and, and made some people mad at me I, for I my think degenerate it, I lifestyle. I think it was great, and I'm really glad you did it. I thought it was some really oh, thank good Thank you very much, thank part, you. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, Tomb Raider came at just the right time where it's like, okay, I've got, I've got a reason to get off my computer and escape. Um, so I've been playing that, and I quite liked Rise of the Tomb Raider. Yeah, um, I, was, I was... More of the same, I, mostly, but that ain't a bad thing. Yeah, that's largely how I came away from it. I was like, I really like the 2013 Tomb Raider. This is in many ways a lot of the same. I don't think anything's gone downhill since the 2013 game. Yeah, I, think, added, I think the... I feel like they added a few little, like, Last of Us-style things, which actually... Uh, make the game feel uh, even more survivalist, mm. uh, which I like. Yeah, I, I think it's it's nothing but an improvement on the 2013 game. Uh, we, we mentioned the other week how ludonarrative dissonance is a term that does apply to the 2013 Tomb Raider. Not a problem here. I thought the narrative more cohesive. I preferred the dialogue. And I yeah, like Lara is a better character. Oh, like she's a lot more confident and savvy. Yeah, having um, finished this, Lara, is, this incarnation of Lara is one of my favorite female protagonists in a video game. That's not nice. that's not a character creation protagonist. Yeah. I like the I, I like that the plot the plot is very generic in terms of overarching story. Yeah, like it's very it's it's all been done before, but with a a villain that. Is a lot more interesting than the usual. Yeah, I've, villain. I, I've, I've seen a few people. Them... I've seen a few people say that the villain is slash are not terribly um, creative. I disagree. I really liked the villains and the antagonists that they sort of set up, not only for this game but sort of for their view of where this series is going from here. I really like. Yeah, that. and I feel it's important that they actually came up with a a real force of an antagonist because yes. that's what's that's what separates this from your uncharted where it's like he's fighting random pirates and things over treasure yeah. where here it it becomes a real like she's got a reason to kill these people yeah like i couldn't know? tell you like as a single answer who is the villain of the uncharted series but i feel like i could now do that for tomb raider like i could say yeah, yeah this so... is who you need to fear in this world so I'm I'm excited about getting um through that. I'm like I I I think I'm about halfway through now. Mm. So hopefully a review. I mean a review will definitely go up this week. Yeah. Um, um generally I'm just I think it's it's more of the same but better was my takeaway. Um I like the um the sort of hub environments you've got that sort of have a bit more spread out um areas for you to explore, a little less funneled. Um, I like that there's more variation in the places you're going. It's not just all one environment. It's, you know, we're going to hop between some different, more varied environments. I really like this game. I recommend it really highly. You like the? F it's pretty damn. You like so the first far, yeah. one? Probably get this one. Oh, this is definitely one of those. Like yeah. I know that's always been a bit of a cliche criticism, uh, yeah. but it's definitely a case of if you liked Tomb Raider, yeah. then Rise of the Tomb Raider this, is definitely worth. Getting. I think if you disliked the 2013 Tomb Raider. Um, I don't. Uh, if you really disliked it, this isn't going to change your opinion. No, not if at you all, liked no. it but had minor criticisms, 
you'll like this and have fewer criticisms. Yeah. I will just say, though, my God, I've had to start ignoring the optional objectives. Because <laughs> they, they drive me mad. Like, they, they make me so... They paralyse me. I'm like, I don't know where to go. There's so much. We're, optional tomb nearby? Where? I, I can't leave this place and leave it. Like, I've had to detach myself from it and say, you know what? Let it go. The complaint in the first game about how there weren't enough tombs... There's now about 12 hours of optional tombs. I think there's about a dozen optional tombs that can take anywhere from 45 minutes to an hour and a half to complete. And For the sake of my own uh, psychological stability, I've had to ignore a lot of the optional stuff, yeah. not because I don't want to do it, but because I can't handle going into a hub world and seeing on the map like all of that stuff. It's, like, like, yeah, it's, this... not, it's not Ubisoft mm. bad, but... It, it's the kind of thing that will drive a completionist up the yeah. wall. And I'm not a completionist, but I always get a lingering worry about leaving stuff yeah. behind. Oh, goodness. That eventually I always just have to slap myself in the face and say, let it go, Jim. Just just don't bother. I spent so much time being like, oh, I've leveled up my understanding of this language by one level. I'm sure there was a thing that I needed it to be slightly higher to, to translate. Let's comb the entire hub again looking for wherever that was. Because yeah, like I, I can't like I do everything. that. Like, because the map is so, um, by design, you know, wild and untamed environment. It's hard to find good enough landmarks to to remember where the stuff you needed to to make take advantage of the quote unquote Metroidvania-y type stuff. It's like okay, I've got the thing that lets me get past metal stuff now. I can't remember where it was, and I will go mad looking. So I'm going to just have to leave it, because otherwise I will spend an hour <laughs> wandering this place, trying to find the place that I can now get to with the thing, That's, and it will upset I me. I didn't get upset by that. For me, that was just like, oh, I like this game. Oh my goodness, there's so much of this game. I'm so happy. <laughs> I got so happy at just... Ooh, there's another hour and a half of stuff I can do to prevent this having to be over, because I don't want this to have to be over. I'll just go do that tomb, and then I'll go find that white thing that I can use to, to use my rope arrow and pull the thing off. And yeah, I, I spent far too long in I that definitely, game. I'm definitely impressed that the content they have is not just nebulous content. It's not, it's not an Ubisoft thing yeah. of, we just threw a hundred fucking collectibles in here. Or here's, you know... 15 of the the exact same side yeah. quest to do. And, like, without, um, without... It's all different, all unique, and all well hidden. Yeah. Uh, I just... There's so much of it <laughs> that I would never progress if I worried too much about yeah. being a completionist, because it, yeah. would, it would drive me past I think it. my last thought on that point is just that I really like also that... Um, where the first game was um, Lara being thrown into a situation... <laughs> This is now a situation that she she's sort of opting into of her own agency. And without spoiling too much, very early on you're told like, okay, she's doing this because her dad believed that there was a thing to find in the world. You're going to go and try and find the thing, see if the thing exists. And with this sort of um, like Lara as an explorer rather than Lara as someone thrown into a situation against her will, I think that much better contextualised that whole idea of spend time looking for little things that are hidden somewhere in the world that have interesting lore attached to them. Because rather than being, why are you doing that? You should be trying to escape all these people trying to murder you. It's like, no, that's the whole reason you're here. You're trying to find interesting stuff because you're an archaeologist. Yeah, like but wasn't that why they went to Yamatai in the first place in the first game? 
it, it was, but then they quickly turned into her fighting to yeah, survive. It's they'd gone there to do research, but you you kind of feel like once you're shipwrecked there alone, uh, survival should probably take a um, like exploration should take a backseat to survival. And the, yeah, whereas that, it's just a very subtle. Sorry, yeah. I've been knocking things on my desk. It's just a very subtle um, change in agency for her. Like she's no longer being. She's no longer having the world force her into situations. She's forcing herself yeah. into the and situations. And that sort of makes those optional things of going to find bits of treasure and things like that. It makes them feel more contextually appropriate. Yeah, like it's not a massive difference because, you know, she's still surviving. She's still in situations she didn't expect to be in. But it's a little narrative switch that makes a world of difference if you're, you know, looking for that coherent, that that lack of ludonarrative dissonance uh, <laughs> that, you know, the, the, the first game being, it, it, you know, it was one of the few games that actually deserved that term yeah, uh, like, when it was being thrown that, around by games journalists. Like, trying to I, I, I hate that we're in an era where we have to, like, caveat it when we mention it, but, like, the, that <laughs> was a game that, like, you could feel in every fibre of that game's script that there were times where the script had to work around gameplay elements that really were not working with the themes that the narrative was trying to tell. And yeah, that was a yeah. real conflict that was distracting from the overall experience. Yeah, whereas here we've got a Lara who's killed <coughs> before, who, you know, clearly is good at it. Yeah, and she, she still doesn't revel I'll, in it, but she... Yeah, she doesn't revel in it, but she knows that she's done knows... it before and that if she has to, she can do it again. And she, it's still yeah. like a... It is a last resort if needed, but she's not going to curl up in a ball and cry because she had to do it. Yeah, and she's truly up against people for whom she's got a personal reason to do it, too, yeah. and for whom are enough, are bad guys enough, you know, they're not just, like, the kind of whacked-out survivalists that, that were in the first one. Like, this is a, this is a group that need fighting, mm. you know. And then that that becomes part of the narrative, and it just it's just so much more coherent as a game and as a story, and as those two things so, put together. Yeah, I'm just really glad that it turned out as well as it did. Yeah, it's good stuff. Definitely good stuff. Um, you know, well, probably great stuff, but you know, we'll see how my review turns out. Yeah, do, re- I I really am enjoying it. It's it's cool stuff. Yeah. From from there, do we want to talk a bit about some news for a little bit? Well, I was just going to say, I feel like I should have been timing. From when I said to you guys, I'm going to talk about what I liked in Fallout 4 now. Oh, and was immediately you... cut off. <laughs> I want someone in the audience to, to time how long from now it is since then. But they were I'm not sure. What did you not off. get to talk about? What, what, I'm, what so, you... I'm, I'm honestly embarrassed. I'm really, about that. I'm I, really I, I've sorry. Been, I've been trying to I'm be not, so much you know, better. I'm about so this. not surprised, like at all. I knew this was. I was laughing Gavin. to my girlfriend today. I was like, "They say they're going to let me talk Gavin. about Fallout today, Gavin. but watch. I guarantee Gavin. you, what's going to happen." I love you. We love you. We we think you're wonderful, you. and we're very sorry that we are. We are. I guarantee you, this is what's going to happen. I said one of them's going to say, "Oh well, when I did it, this is what happened," and somehow, twenty minutes later, they're going to be talking about a completely different game. This is exactly what I said to her, and their Look, experiences I actually have with, hand over with my this mouth, game. fucking mortified. Like so, I don't realize I'm doing it. So you, what, I, I what we need is we need an you. alarm that, like, I'm going to buy a, like a little buzzer that you can put on your desk when you're doing podquisition, and if if we segue away when you were supposed to be talking about something, you can hit the buzzer and we just we're go like, silent. Oh, sorry, I, I will. Um, I will buy and post you a buzzer. 
Let's go back to Fallout 4. Um, G- Gavin, Gavin, what, what did Gavin. you want to talk about with Fallout 4? <laughs> There's a lot of stuff I could talk about with Fallout 4, but we're running out of time now, so... <laughs> It's, we got time. Well, I mean, actually, you, you've got a hard cut off. Well, we've though, we've but... got what forty minutes before we need to probably leave for hard cut offs. Mm. Well, two yeah. two of the things that I was really three things I was really happy they improved. Right, uh, the first is the biggest one, which is the questing. Which is I feel like the writing's a lot better, and I feel like all of the quests I do tie into the main one somehow, which makes everything feel very cohesive and nice in a similar way that The Witcher did. And I really appreciate them doing that. It's cool. Um, I also really like that they've improved the animation quality. I mean, it's still kind of Bethesda janky, but it's a lot better than Skyrim. Uh, what else? Can you still hear me now? Yeah, or are you just well, no, being extra we're, quiet? We're, no, we're, we're feeling listening. really guilty and listening. I'm not used to, I feel like I'm in a fucking <laughs> alternate dimension here. No, this this is the moment in the classroom where like one person is giving given like the talking stick and no one's allowed to talk until they hand the talking stick to the next person. Okay, cool. Um so basically the second thing I really liked is how much better the combat is. I think that goes without saying. I mean, it makes Fallout... I mean, Fallout 3, as I can't remember who it was, said it was just ba- ba- barely functional shooting, but this actually has rather fun shooting. Oh, um, yeah, sniper rifles feel so much more useful. Yeah. I, I feel like, yes, it's an improvement. I also feel like uh, there's a lot of core things that just have been left unchanged that I was kind of disappointed that like there were a lot of things that were like, yeah, this is, in essence, still the same combat system. But that's just me personally. There are certain... Really? I feel like there's so much different about it. I mean, VATS works completely differently now, and the aiming is different. The grenades mapped to the right button, and I, I'm, I'm there's curious. so many you subtle say, little changes that make... works completely differently. Yeah. It works very similarly, <laughs> I thought. Mm, not, if, not if you've got enemies right in your face, it doesn't, because before you could just pause it, and now you kind of... They're still moving while... I mean, it slows them down, but... I don't know. I think there's so many subtle little changes that make it better, I, you know? And that's what I wanted. I didn't want an evolution. I just wanted something that refined it, that's, you know? That's fair. And, like, as I said when I was talking about it, just, like, I think if you were looking for more Fallout that was little mm. tweaks, then you'll be fine with this. It's not mm. making huge overhauls why to would, any of the big Why problems. would anyone not want that? Because you know? <laughs> some of us are not as crazy about Fallout as you. Some of us are a bit more... Some people... Some of have... us get a bit more bothered by some of the problems. If you compare the dialogue system in this game to the one in Fallout 3, like, it's night and day. Uh, or if it, you if you compare, say... It is night even, and day. Even... I don't always think that's a good thing. <laughs> Even like a lot of people hate it. Actually, the new dialogue really? system. I yeah, I yeah. had some problems with the new dialogue system. There were more times in this Fallout than some of the previous ones where I said something I didn't intend to say, and that wasn't previously a problem for me. And mm. while I get streamlining it, there were times where I noticeably was like, I wish I had known the full context of what that was I was about to say, like I, I might have done in some that. previous games. Yeah. When it just gives you like one or two words as clues as to what you say, like I mean, I've seen that. But they generally like are LAR mapped. Well. Your responses are generally mapped to the different buttons by tone. Yeah, I know. Yeah, mm. they did take that from sort of Mass yeah. Effect. It's, yeah. yeah, but it, like the, like the I, one, I the one with B is always being a dickhead. The one on X is kind of funny or yeah, sarcastic. Yeah, but it's, it's to what degree? Because like 
I'll talk about an example from Mass Effect just to not spoil any Fallout 4 stuff. But there was a moment that I would say is comparable to the Mass Effect moment of uh, this interview is over and you press that and punch them in the face. Where it's that like, was hilarious. It's, it's just one of those moments where it's like, uh, that is that is far more extreme than I intended it to be. But that was a joke. Like, that was obviously Bioware yeah, having a laugh. I didn't like... want to punch that reporter in the face. And there are, there are a couple of moments in Fallout where I'm like... I did not mean to be nearly that extreme. I am so sorry. Can I if take you push it back? the renegade? If you push the renegade full renegade option, no, of course he's going to. Sometimes shepherd. it implies it's going to be more or less renegade, and there are degrees mm. of renegade, much like there are degrees of response here. There are fifty <laughs> shades of renegade. Yeah. So I can see yeah, why. Yeah, just you... look at Deviant Art. Yeah. I'm sure there are fifty shades of as, renegade. As someone like you that's like that into Fallout, I can see you continuing to be happy with that, and that's fine. There are certain points that I'm a bit like, oh, I'm not personally so sure on, but, you know, I am not the one that's been going on about Fallout 4 every week for forever. Yeah. Um, I I just find, like, there's so many small improvements that really make it more enjoyable. Like, one, there's one that's, like, such a small thing that some people wouldn't even notice, but the fact that now when you look at a shelf, the contents just comes up instead of you opening and closing the shelf again. Yes. Mm. Yes. But this, this so much smoother. My reflexive action after that is still to press B. So I've had so many moments boy. where I just bring up the pit boy by mistake. It'll it'll disappear. Yeah. Like the muscle memory sticks with you for like the first hour or two. Yeah. But I mean the it'll disappear. Of, the amount of muscle memory from Skyrim and Fallout 3 yeah. and New Vegas on that one is a pretty pretty steep in, in Gap. It's a hump to get over. By the way, I just want to point out that Gavin is not a video game reviewer. No. Like, at all. He bought his copy of Fallout 4. He's just, uh, as far as, like, people who play games, um, I mean, obviously Gavin has some connections to the industry via music. Yeah. But he is what people would call, you know, a regular gamer, mm. uh, if you have stock in the gamer term. So, everyone who's saying anyone who likes Fallout 4 is a paid reviewer shill <laughs> can fuck off. Because... Gavin likes it, so fuck off. If you I, if you don't like this it, is something you don't have that's to been fuck said? off. But if you, oh yeah, what? like I, on the Metabombs and everything, it was like oh paid reviews. Um, everyone's been paid off to like it. The it's objectively bad. Reviewers should be ashamed of themselves. And I'm like, no, no, you just don't like the game, which is fine. But own it. Like, don't be an intellectual coward and assume everyone else is lying or being bribed. Like, I can Just I can see how it. some hardcore RPG fans wouldn't like the game. Um, and be of the opinion that instead of streamlining it, they have kind of made made it a little not not deep enough with its mechanics and its skills and all that. But I, mm-hmm. I so far yeah, at least are... I haven't found that to be a problem for me. There are legitimate criticisms to be had with the game, you know, it, depending on what you expect Fallout to be, you could be pleased or devastated by what Fallout 4 does. And that's not illegitimate. It becomes illegitimate when you start accusing anyone who likes it of being paid off, or when you just write F you Bethesda over and over again and call it a Metacritic user Here, review. Here's my fuck you criticism of the game. All the cool outfits have shit armor rating, <laughs> and all the yes. ugly ass ones have good armor rating. <laughs> Actually, and this makes me seem shallow compared to the criticisms other people had, but that was my biggest criticism of all, was... Yeah. 
it's clearly more efficient to wear a normal piece of clothing and then and strap armor mm-hmm. pieces on. Now I've got no problem with that. My problem. Do you is find more outfits lately? Because I found a, this thing called a, a cage outfit, and it's better than anything I've I've put on, including full armor sets. Ah, well, you will find eventually. At least I found eventually. Mm. Like I found a really cool one piece armor set that was great for a while, and eventually, yeah. mathematically, it was better to strap bits yeah. on. But my one criticism is that most clothing is not compatible with armor pieces, and I don't feel that should be the case. It's like mm. I should be able to wear a tuxedo or a dress and strap on the armor pieces. Mm. Um, the fact that it's restricted to things like the vault suit. Or, you know, mechanics overalls or raider long johns and things like that. Like, there should be, like, any piece of normal clothing should be different from armor and should not replace all your armor pieces. Um, That's my one big criticism is it makes me visually less unique. Uh, because I'm stuck with either a vault suit or, or you know, long johns or just this one of a handful of things that you can strap armor to. Yeah. And I'd like that to be more separate. Like, the fact that you've got a separate thing for your head and your face, like, why can't that, why can't you be more flexible with the clothes? It's like, I found a, I found a clean suit and I got excited because I'm like, this is going to look awesome. I'm going to wear a clean suit and it's going to be covered with like spiky pauldrons and a combat armor chest piece. And it's like, no, you've either got to wear the tan suit or nothing. And it's like, I, I, I see no reason to restrict or it. Or the boring army like fatigue. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, another like thing this... as well. Like, by far the best helmet I found is this army helmet, and it's hideous. <laughs> I look like a Nazi walking around, <laughs> but I keep it on because it's the only thing that actually protects me. Yeah, I, I kind of my rule in Fallout has often always been like worry about armor values for everything else except the head. Because at some point I'm gonna find a hockey mask and I'm mm. gonna wanna just wear the hockey mask. Yeah. So I, I think never I think once you level up, it becomes less of a a concern. Yeah. Like I my was, only issue with with was, this one is I sorry. Oh no! I just always remember like lucky shades and reds bandana for the win. That that was my <laughs> go to combination in Fallout Three. My only problem with Fallout Four is I found a helmet that's so good mm. I can't not wear it. Like not just like stat wise, but it's got a, a special like you know one of those legendary. Uh, and is attributes. it is it hideous? <laughs> it's it's not great. The only upside is that it doesn't cover my face, so I can at least wear a bandana uh, over it. Because oh I yeah, mean, I, I don't wear armor like, so ever. Scarred up that like cover your face ever. Oh, like, see, I didn't, I'm, I'm the I didn't spend like, all this I... time making myself in the fucking character <laughs> creator just to not be able to glory, look at my glorious visage. I mean, you've all seen how many masks I buy. Like, in-game, yeah. in it's no different. Like, as soon as I find hockey masks, or, like, I spent most of the game wearing uh, the the leather sack over my head, um, or, or a gas mask. Yeah, uh, when you when you school. said you were wearing masks over Geralt, I was like, man, that, that should be classified as a war crime against Poland, because he's just <laughs> Dude, so, blo- he's so bloody Gras handsome. How could you do that to him? <laughs> the moment I found Mardi Gras masks in Witcher 3, I was so happy. Like, that's, mm. that's all it takes to make me happy like let me color my clothes and let me wear a mask <laughs> and then 10 out of 10 game of the year yeah <sighs> yeah is there anything I feel... else fallout 4 you wanted to talk about before we cut you off gavin <laughs> i feel like the visuals are a lot nicer than the trailers led us to believe they would be like there's obviously moments where you're up close with indoor things and you're talking to someone and it zooms in on them and you see this janky ganky texture behind their head 
but when you're out in the wasteland, it's like it's it's absolutely gorgeous. And I think design helped. Like they made yeah. it more vibrant, colorfully wise, and, and and more unique architecture. And the textures and meld together helped. together a lot better than they did in previous mm-hmm. games. And the lighting makes a huge makes a huge difference. Yeah, I can't wait to see what this looks like with mods. Yeah, my my big sort of it, it definitely looks better than the trailers made it look. It still doesn't look great at times, and I did have some considerable. I know that Jim didn't deal with this on PS4, but the console versions I had some big issues with frame rate dips. Um, so your your problem there is playing a well, Bethesda game that's on what console. I had, that's what I had first. And <laughs> to be fair, the the couple of hours I've put it on PC so far, I'm still having those issues. Um, really? With, with frame well, rate slowdowns? The place where I'm getting issues is um, certain environments uh, of interiors yeah. with multiple enemies. There are certain yeah. times where there are multiple enemies in an interior area, and yeah. I what will are you, What notice, are you running on? Um, oh, I can't remember. my. Uh, like, I've got a pretty pretty beefy gaming, gaming rig. Yeah. It's been a while since I've changed anything in it, so I can't remember off the top of my head what's in there. But gotten pretty lucky then, because I've been on mm. ultra for like the whole game, and it's never dipped below this, sixty. This is it. Like I've, I... I've had a couple of mic, you know, the mm. kind of Bethesda micro stutter, like when you're turning. Well, the kind of the camera this, jerks this a little is, bit this from is, time this to time. This is the thing. Like I, I've been playing on ultra. Generally, it's yeah. rock solid. There are certain interiors where, as I'm turning, I will have a momentary slideshow as I'm turning. And that's turn down turn down God rays. That's, I've done that's done so already to be the big, still uh, having that the big as a one. problem. There are just certain oh. points where interiors it just decides to have a bit of a chug. And it it's not nearly as big a problem on PC, but it does it, it did still happen in some environments, which was mm. like, uh, uh that's not great, but you know, it's not gonna it's not gonna stop me loving this game. Yeah. Yeah. So there we go. Um, what else are we? What else? Yeah. Do we want to talk about some other things this this week. Um, I get I get people will be a bit upset. I guess if we don't touch on a few other topics, yeah. considering we've talked about two games for the past. It's all right. Hour. We we still got like what twenty twenty five minutes. We can we can maybe use up. So uh, yeah. Uh, the day after, oh, well, the day that this podcast goes up, Nintendo are going to have their first Nintendo Direct since um, Satoru Iwata passed away. Um, there's not really much to know about it. Um, they're not going to talk about the NX or mobile games, they've said. What I'm kind of interested in and I'm curious about is what, if any, changes they're going to make to the format um, now that Iwata is no longer involved. Because I don't feel like their new president is likely to be on camera during this new Direct. I don't know. I'm I'm very yeah. intrigued to see... If they go on business as usual, or if they sort of change up the formula at all to accommodate having a new president. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely one to watch out for. Yeah, so that'll be an interesting one to watch out for that'll be up the same day as this podcast. I don't feel comfortable making mm. things, like when we talked about Iwata Pooing and yeah. everything. Like, I don't, I don't know enough about this guy, and I, I don't have, you know... Well, there's not that sense of... It was an undue sense, but that sense of familiarity that yeah. was there that Iwata helped And foster. this is kind of the reason that I would love to see um, their new president be involved in this. Because I would love to see a little bit of him so we know something to base ongoing jokes on. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, we'll see. We'll like, see. I, can imagine, I can imagine the guy wanting to make his own mark if he does appear. 
Um, or, you know, maybe they'll just leave it to Reggie and Bill Trinan now, you know. Mm. We'll, we, I, guess oh, I thought about that, because Reggie and Bill Trinan make sense for sort of uh, Europe and um, English-speaking territories and North America. I don't think either of them really make sense for the Japanese broadcasts of the Direct. Yeah, And that'll yeah, be an interesting yeah. one to see who they replace him with and what they do then in I have to wonder. I have to wonder whether Iwata and Miyamoto and, and Reggie and Bill Trinan and everyone... Whether they got the same level of like meme fueled, half ironic reverence that they get in the West, where clearly people have turned like made cartoon characters of a water and you know him holding the banana. Well, him holding the bananas and... happened in Japan as well. Like that wasn't a Western centric moment. Like that was broadcast in the Japanese direct as well. I know it was and... broadcast. What I mean is, I'm curious as to mm. whether or not, because I don't know, and I'm not suggesting one way or the other, but I literally don't know whether the Japanese market have jumped on it and made yeah. Iwata and these these guys into characters the way we have in the West. I, I would be very curious to find that out if there's anyone living in Japan that has like enough of an understanding of Japanese to let us know. I think that'd be interesting. Yeah. Um, other news we got, um, the Xbox One now has even less reason for you to use Kinect, because you can no longer use gesture controls to control your Xbox One's uh, menu. They just took that functionality Isn't out. Isn't that like the big selling point? <laughs> yep. You can, I think you can... <laughs> I didn't hear yeah, about this. You can still use voice commands, but they just took out the ability for you to use uh, gestures and Kinect. The actual useful Yeah, bit. you can't use gestures to control your Xbox One dashboard after the most recent update. Do you want to hear a funny story about the Kinect? Let's hear your funny story about the Kinect. So I haven't been using my 360 much anymore. Um, And I gave it to a buddy of mine who wanted to play some... He was hearing all the hype about Fallout and he was like, I want to play Fallout 3. And I was like, okay, just take my Xbox, whatever. And I got a text from an hour later. It's like, how do I hook the Kinect into it? (laughs) I was like, ah, that's not that's the one for the Xbox One. He's like, why is it in here? Because it got dumped in a bag the day that they let you use the Xbox One without the Kinect. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, that's even less use for a Kinect on an Xbox One now. Um, we got a little teaser trailer for Mass Effect Andromeda. It really didn't tell us anything other than that... It gave me lots of feels, though. Oh, it gave me feelings as well. Uh, Jennifer Hale... I was, like, welling up. Yeah. yeah. As much as I love... Um, as, lo- as much as I love Mark Mir, who is the voice of um, male Commander Shepard, uh, Jennifer Hale as uh, Femme Shep, my personal preference, and it's the first time that we've had her voiceover in a trailer, I believe. And, and of course the comments uh, were glorious. The yeah. Bioware's catering to SJWs. Yes, because for once, for one trailer, they used the female option uh. voice that exists in the game. It's clearly pandering. Um... <laughs> And it was never pandering when they used the male shepherd, obviously. But no, we got a nice little trailer that was basically just a symbolic handing off from Commander Shepard onto whoever the new protagonists are going to be, where it's like, mm. hey, you're all going off to another galaxy and another space and another time. Um, enjoy exploring space. Goodbye from me forever. And that was pretty PS much co- it. PS Control was the canon ending, and I'm now the villain in the next trilogy. Oh, no, please... Like what I'm hoping is that the whole thing of this is just um, a big old ship left Earth during the time when Shepard was alive because the Reapers were coming and they were like, oh, we should probably put some space species somewhere very far away in case the Reapers kill everything. 
And as a response, a long time later in a place very distant away, we had a very unconnected story that has some of the same species because we put them on a big ship and sent them away. I'm I'm very glad it's set post-Mass Effect and not a, a prequel. I, was... I kind of like the idea of a prequel in as much as, like... Um, I don't know how well it would work as, like, a new trilogy, but I would love to see a standalone, like, one-entry game that was, like, the... <coughs> Yeah. The um, oh, what's the name of the war where the um, humans first use the mass effect and uh, the mass relay? First contact. The first contact war. I would love to see a game set in the first contact war. I think it would be fascinating. Wouldn't be the basis for a new trilogy, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, no, that would be interesting. I'm just glad that for the new, the new main project, they're going forward rather than yes. I because that means they have to deal with what they did at the end, and that's an interesting prospect. Well, unless they set it so far away, both in time and distance, that um, Commander Shepard is irrelevant. But considering the endings of Mass Effect Three, they'd almost have to put it in a different galaxy to be able to do well, that. Well, that's what it seems to be because it's going to be in the Andromeda yeah. Galaxy, pr- presumably. Yeah. So it's going to be yeah. in a separate galaxy. And I'm again. This is why I sort of hope that they've all been sent away during Commander Shepard's time, but before, you know, before the ending of Mass Effect Three, because yeah. then no, no one on that big ship's going to have any idea what happened to Shepard. No one will know what the ending was. And if they're outside of the mass relays, then none of them are going to have been affected by the ending. So we'll we'll be the new Protheans. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, other things this week. Very quick ones to skip through. Uh, um, Life is Strange Season 2 accidentally got announced by someone who worked on the first Life is Strange. He was like, yeah, I worked on the first one, and I will be working on the second. Wait, no, I didn't say that. What did I say? Um, I'm sure that's going to be more uh, teenage drama, homosexual overtones, and superpowers of some description. Hopefully it's a different cast. So there's that. Hopefully it's called Life is Stranger. Life is too strange. Um... Yeah, and then eventually to the point of just stop it, life. This has gone too <laughs> life, far. You are t- cut life, it out. you are considerably more strange than is acceptable. Stop it. Yeah, cut. Life, have a cup of tea and a sit down. This is too life, much. Life, I know that. You idiot. Life, I know that we said that being strange was like it was fine and that it was a gift and that you're just different to other people. But at this point, we really have to rein you in. You have to be a bit more normal, life. Yeah, life, look, I'm not judging to each their own. You know, if you're not hurting anyone, do what you want. But but life, life, come I on. I need to start mocking up after we finish this this week's podcast. I need to mock some of these up as box art. <laughs> um, and then last thing really on the news. Um, Naughty Dog have no idea what single player DLC they're going to do for Uncharted 4, even though they've already started selling season passes. <laughs> Don't get people don't buy season passes like unless unless it's Hyrule Warriors or maybe Bethesda just because they've proven themselves pretty good at DLC. Yeah. Right. Oh, and then CD Projekt Red are pretty good. Like most of the time, don't fucking bother because yeah. they don't. They're selling you something they don't even know. Yeah. Well, usually it's just what you it is. as a consumer that doesn't know what it's going to be. In a lot of cases like this one, even they don't know what it's going to be. Don't buy a thing if they don't know what they're going to sell you yet. Don't give them the money until you know what the thing is. Yeah, there's just been enough disappointments with Season Unless, Pass. Unless, of course, cause... it's Fallout 4 by the Season Pass today. Fallout 4! <laughs> Gav- Fallout 4, the game we can all trust. Yeah. 
Um, oh so there's that. Is that trying? That was a joke, by the way. That wasn't an actual advertisement because <laughs> I know some people are a bit literal. Mm. Uh, I think it's fair enough if people like have certain developers that they always enjoy the games of. I think there's nothing wrong with pre-ordering yeah. if if that's. If, if they have if they have a history, I just ev- advise caution. Yeah. If yeah. if there was a Last of Us two released, I would probably trust Naughty Dog, um, yeah. with single player DLC, because I really liked Left Behind, and I thought it. Here's was Here's really a challenge. Laura is not allowed to pre-order Beyond Good and Evil two. <gasps> oh, <laughs> but if I don't, then no one will, and then they'll I'd cancel read, it. You know what no I just pre-orders. realized? If Beyond and e- Good and Evil did come out, can you imagine? all of the different things that might be in it to do with currencies and microtransactions and like I, I will bite the bullet and I will, I will fight through all of that um, people have been talking to me recently a lot about Beyond Good and Evil 2 because um, the game um, went on sale on Steam and then became the, uh, the free PS Plus game of the month and when the uh, Microsoft announced their list of backwards compatible Xbox One games, Beyond Good and Evil HD is on it I still think it's happening. Hashtag where the fuck is Beyond Good and Evil 2, Ubisoft. It's gonna happen one day. I'm never giving up hope. Upgrade upgrade Jade's iconic camera gun. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Um, We we got time for a few questions before we wrap up. Get a couple of those in. Well, I have, yeah. I don't know if Gavin... You you got, what, 15 minutes, Gav? I got half hour. I gotta go see a movie. You gotta go see a film, what you did some stuff in. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I'm pulling up the question list. We've got lots of questions, and anything that doesn't make it into today is probably going to roll over into the thing that's coming. Are we talking about this? I think we are. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. we can announce that. Yeah, this Saturday is Jim Dependence Day. It's um, uh, basically the year anniversary of me going fully independent and being supported on Patreon. Um, I'm planning a bonus gymquisition for that day, and uh, if all goes well, we'll have a bonus podquisition that day, which will be all user questions. Yeah, the plan is to record that the day after we record this one, so we're going to do just a questions episode. So we got some yeah. good questions this week. Um, some of them will just like push to the questions-only episode, so you never know. Maybe your question will still get answered. Um, first one for today is from Vasily Sonkin, who wants to ask what are the worst things you've ever done in a video game for completely the wrong reasons and the example they give is they blew up megaton in fallout 3 just to see how well their pc would render the nuclear blast (laughs) (laughs) um now i have a recent example of this and they're like it's the only thing that came to mind is i've recently been doing a genocide run of undertale having previously done a true pacifist ending, and anyone who's played the true pacifist ending of of Undertale will know that, you know, there are reasons not to do genocide after that. Particularly the game tells you, like, hey, you are the only person that has the ability to take away this happy ending that they had. Do you want to leave that be canon, or do you want to rip them out of that happy ending and force them through sadness and abject terror? And I was like, you know what? I want to see the content, so yeah, I'm going to destroy my own happy ending that was the canon ending, and oh god, and then the game realized, like, told me off for it, because characters were aware I'd done this. It was not a fun time. I did it for all the wrong reasons. I was just like, I don't morally think this is the right thing to do, 
But I need to know. I need to see the content. Science dictates. Yeah, I need to see the content, even yeah. if it is the morally wrong thing to do. I um, I've more than one character in Until Dawn died because I was curious to see if I could make it happen. <laughs> um, I, in fact, one in one in particular, I basically broke all of the rules of horror because I was like, if this leads to this person's death, this game will be amazing because they know horror. And I felt like a, I felt even though I did it on purpose, I felt so stupid after because I was like, I just did the most cliche horror stuff, and it led exactly where it should have led. <laughs> but you just have and, to know sometimes. The, de- the deaths yeah, in that game were so amazing, to. though, that it was it's worth it. <laughs> They're so gory. Yeah. Like it's possible to play that game and have everyone survive, but then what the hell kind of horror story is that? Uh, what about you, Gavin? I, Have you got any that you did for the wrong thing well, for the wrong reasons? Well, today I, I shot dog meat in the face in order to encourage him to move out of my way. <laughs> you are a loving, loving master. You really are. Um, he he didn't, you know, he just like kind of looked at me and went, okay, and walked out of the way. He's He's made of stern stuff. Mm. Uh, a few people have asked us, uh, at this point in the year... Having not reached the end of the year yet, what are our sort of two or three front runners for uh, for game of the year at the moment? What are the games that are standing out to us most right now? And I had a little bit of a think about this earlier today uh, because we had a few people asking it. Undertale for me is like right up the top right now. Um, some of the other ones that are in contention that have been really big things for me this year: Her Story, The Beginner's Guide, um, Life is Strange. Rise of the Tomb Raider, actually, which I think is... And Bloodborne, actually. Bloodborne and Rise of the Tomb Raider are the two AAA games that are sort of big on my radar from this year. I don't know. What about you two? Um, I mean, I I don't want to give away too much because I always do a top five Mm. and I don't want to give that away. Um, But but I will give two... Basically, I've given two 10 out of 10s this Mm. year. Uh, And so they will be on there and that is Bloodborne and Undertale. Mm. What about you, Gavin? What what games are you my, liking this year? <laughs> my mine are really obvious. It's it's like my top three by far and away is obviously going to be Fallout, Witcher, and Bloodborne. No surprises there. Yeah, I'm I'm eager sense. to play Tomb Raider because I love the first one. I just don't know if I'll have time because Fallout. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Um. But then Lara's such a cool character that she does deserve another song. So yeah, we'll have to see about that. I could see you doing a really good one for this, given some of the other themes in it. As yeah, well. there are some very uh, emotive and ripe for for capturing it, emotional. It lends tones. itself to my style, I think, in, very indeed. much so. Mm-hmm. Um, right, just finding some. Uh, actually, I, I really enjoyed the Blops two, uh, Bl- Blops three campaign. I know, Jim, you didn't like it, but I really enjoyed it. Okay. It, was it was so fucking I might ask you just very briefly, because I've managed to stay completely blank on it. Roughly how long is that campaign, and what is it roughly about? Um, I, I can't tell you. It's the usual Call of Duty <laughs> kind of time. It's about six, six hours, maybe. Five, six hours. About, maybe yeah, seven on hard. Sure. But it's about... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> you meant, you, have it's you played Indigo Prophecy bonkers. slash Fahrenheit? Are you it's asking Laura? Or? I was oh. going to ask Laura. Uh, yes, I have. 
Yeah, it's basically it turns into the way that ended up. Oh, but even even less coherent. Okay, yeah, but there, I love that. I love that they did that in a fucking Call of Duty game. There's... If you did a if you did a Black Ops Three song, it would have to be in the style of Cardiacs. <laughs> yeah, just to match our nonsensical. Yeah. It's styles. so bonkers, and I love it. I love that. Like it goes places in the story that you would never expect mm. a, a military shooty game to go, and it just goes so demented. And the visual, the visual language of the game becomes something that's never been seen before in a, in maybe in something like Bioshock Infinite. That's kind of how crazy it goes. Like, and I, I love that about it. I mean, it made no I've, sense. None. I've forgotten most of it. All but <laughs> it was fucking. I love it. <laughs> I, I I have to disagree with Jim on that one. I thought it was a really fun campaign. Fair enough. And then, by the way, this review is a joke. And this is a is a what was it? What is the other thing people say? A disgrace of a, a joke of a review, and uh, joke of a review slap in the face. A slap in the uh, face. Is another one. It, like true hardcore gamers trademark. Um, <laughs> they have certain favourite phrases yeah. that I've noticed in years of covering comments and, and things. And one of them is joke. They love saying joke. If you do a review, they disagree with. There's always a joke of a review. You're a joke of a reviewer. If a game developer does something you don't like, uh, it's a slap in the face to the fans. They're, they're two really popular ones. Bias has kind of fallen out yeah. of favour. Like, yeah. um, I, I find... Bias has fallen out of favour in terms of in, in favour of paid review. Yeah, Paid review, yeah, that's another term that comes I up always feel disappointed like... how often uh, slap in the face is used because there are much more inventive, um, violent attacks you could have on fan bases. I prefer kick to the genitals of fans. Kick to the genitals? Yeah, it's a kick to the that's fans' That's a rather genitals. more delicately way of Indeed. phrasing it. Delicate way of phrasing yeah. it. Slap to the face is very blunt. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just, um, just quickly there. Is really popular these days as well. Which? Um, I've been getting called that a lot for having opinions. Uh, I've been so amused by it. Like, I've started because it's used, because people don't know what the word actually refers to. They use it the way Smurfs use the word Smurf. So that's how I've been using it. Like, if I drop my phone, I'll be really angry that the phone just cucked me. <laughs> Oh goodness! Just very quickly, the the Black Ops three uh, multiplayer. My experience basically went: got online, shot at someone, died. Watched the kill cam. My guy didn't shoot. Went fuck this. Not doing this for another year. And that was the end of that. Uh, yeah, that's that's the best I, way to do it. Just yeah. just cuck the hell out of that online. I won't even yeah. touch it. I will just play through the single player in probably January when there's. A, a slow gap in releases for a minute and that will be it um that's that's been sadly the bane of cod for the last but ever since they introduced that whatever the lag compensation they put in in black ops mm. one ever since that game it's been absolutely atrocious yeah no, I, I don't know. and then one one last question this week from evan ruckle what's the worst almost poorly designed boss battle you've ever encountered well, Ooh. can we talk about fucking Halo Five? <laughs> mm, yeah, one hit, one shot, killing sword dude that you have to fight five times, and on the fifth time you fight four of him. Yeah. Um. Any anything with like one hit kills that are mm. like very difficult to avoid a lengthy way the re- into a the battle. The Reaper in Mass Effect Three. Uh, at least, Fuck at least fight. the Reaper was fairly telegraphing with its one hit kills, but I. I totally see the point. Uh, this year, actually, Triforce Heroes, if you're trying to play it single player, those boss battles ain't happening. 
Those boss battles will not happen in single player, mm. some of the later ones. They just I think won't it's, un- happen. it's kind of unanimously agreed as well, isn't it, that human revolution bosses were pretty arse. Yeah. I didn't mind I, them, I, I, wasn't, I was one of the few people that I didn't mind I wasn't a fan. Them. They're all right when you save up some typhoon. <laughs> <laughs> um, for me, there, there's a game called Knight's Contract, mm. uh, which is just... It's one of the worst games I've ever played. It was a Namco Bandai action game. Um... And the boss battles there, there was one boss battle where I just, I stopped playing and I reviewed it and didn't give it a score. Because um, I was like, I can't, it's not worth my job to keep exposing myself <laughs> well. to this trash. Um, and, and there was a boss fight in that that in, involved one-hit kills and things, and it was, I, I can't even describe most of it now, because it was many years ago, but Knight's Contract has some of the worst boss battles overall in a game that I've ever mm. played. It's I think- pure and utter toxic track. I think Bed of Chaos deserves a special mention here as well. From uh, Dark Souls 1. Uh, mainly yes. mainly because of the bonfire placement. Mm. And because it had a tendency to make the, fo- the floor fall out from underneath you. When I said fall out, it made the floor, <laughs> floor, floor fall out from under you and one hit kill I you kind, and stuff. I kind and of then wish, you had to... I kind of wish we'd stopped Gavin from saying Fallout for the whole episode just for him to mess up there now. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of sad that we funny. told him it was okay. <laughs> <laughs> right, is that a good place for us to wrap up this week then? I think that's. I think it's wrapping up time. Um, Laura? How can people find out more about all of the lovely things you, you do? You can find me at Laura K Buzz on most things. Laura K Buzz on Twitter. Laura K Buzz on Patreon, which pays the bills. Uh, Reddit.com forward slash r slash Laura K Buzz, which is a really good place to find all my stuff because the people that curate that have done a really good job of keeping all of my work in one place. Just Laura K Buzz. You'll find most of it. Well, there you go. And Gavin, when you're not busy playing Fallout 4... Uh, how can people find out about you and all of the things you do with your musical st- 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 stuff? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know how to talk. Follow me on Twitter at Miracle of Sound, where it's now uh, three three weeks off the angry rant wagon and loving it. Uh, and you can come to my YouTube channel, Miracle Sound, and all the usual social medias, Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. Awesome. Mm. Uh, we will be here on Saturday for a bonus episode of the Podquisition uh, as part of the Gym, gym Dependence Day celebrations. It's going to be all user questions. Um, Laura's been fielding them, I, so keep an eye on Laura. I have been for... building a very big qu- list of questions. I'm going to ask again the same day this podcast goes up. So if you're listening on Thursday, uh, in the first couple of hours that this is up, get your questions to me still at Laura K. Buzz. You know, because it'll be about let's say about 6pm UK Thursday is your cutoff. So if you hear the podcast you before and then you're in, you're, you're good. And make them good. Cause I'm not promising to answer all That's of them. That's fine. I, I've, um, I've stockpiled a good <laughs> pile of questions that are decent questions. So we're going to have enough That's stuff to fill nice up a questions thing. episode, I think. So this should, it'll be good. I'm really looking forward to Saturday. It's going to be like, like a, just a nice, nice little party. Um, yeah, nothing made like nothing. Don't expect like huge, like a huge production like the gym saw stuff. But but expect some just just a lot of good fun gym content that day. Um, so I'll see you then. We'll we'll see you then. Uh, have a good rest of the week. Have a lovely day. Thanks for your support as always. And we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.